We continue with the Daily Sports Feed on ESPN Harrisonburg. I am Dave Riggert. a pleasure to have you along. It is finally game week for the James Madison Dukes. They'll take on Bucknell coming up Saturday at 6 o'clock. We'll have it on the JMU Radio Network. Let's talk about the Dukes with the JMU football beat writer from the Daily News Record. That is Noah Fleischman. Hi, Noah. How are you, sir? Doing well, Dave. How are you? I'm good. Did you get into some college football this weekend? Notre Dame and and they were playing over in Ireland. Um, there was USC playing late. Did you get into college football all this past week? I watched a little bit. Saw a little bit of Notre Dame and Navy, which really wasn't much of a game. But you know, there's some other good games going on. Jacksonville State played. They're mm-hmm. you know they're in year two of their FBS transition as well, and then I watched them play a little bit. And yeah, I watched a couple others. But first full week coming up this week, it'll it'll be exciting on Saturday. You know, as we've seen this team progress for JMU, I'm talking about, obviously we've seen this team quite a bit throughout fall camp. It seems like they've been practicing forever, and I'm sure those guys feel that as well. But now as we are in the game week, do you feel like the, the, the progress has been good? Or I feel like this camp maybe has even been better than, than what it was a year ago, just kind of from the outside looking in and being able to watch practices. just seems like it, it was pretty smooth for the most part. Yeah, I think, you know, there wasn't many hiccups. I mean, they didn't have any major injuries. Um, you know, it seems like everybody would be ready to go for week one, which last year at this time, you know, Chauncey Logan was out and he missed, you know, some time at the beginning of the year. He missed basically a lot of camp as well. Um, so, you know, I think that it's a good sign for them to get out of it, you know, healthy. But, the, yes, they've also gone smooth. Um, they've had a lot of young guys in new spots. Um, if you look around the different spots, especially on offense, I mean, wide receivers brand new. So I think, you know, they tried to build as much, you know, chemistry as possible. And I think that they're in a good spot heading in the buck now. Again, we're talking to Noah Fleischman from the Daily News Record. He is the Jamie football beat writer. It is game week for the Dukes as they get set for Bucknell on Saturday. We'll hear from Coach Signetti as, again, he had his conference call here earlier today. You know, talk a little bit about kind of what you've seen. Just, again, you don't get to see a ton, but w- w- obviously everybody's talking about quarterback. We'll see when the depth chart comes out later this week. I'm sure there's going to be an or, and, and who knows. We probably won't find out. Similar to what we did with Todd Santeo last year, about an hour before uh, before kickoff. But what do you see from that spot? What do, what do you gather from that spot? Talking to Coach Signetti, do you feel like he's been happy with the progress of those guys at QB? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he, he hasn't really mentioned them much throughout camp. You know, as we all know, um, he doesn't really want to talk about it. Doesn't want to tip off any you know opposition. Um, but yeah, I think you know he's, he's I think he's been happy with it, and he's talked about Alonzo recently and kind of the progression there and he's liked how kind of the past game as a whole has come together. Um, so I think, you know, whoever ends up going out there will be fine. And, and then, you know, they'll have a quality backup or two behind them. So, you know, I think it's a good spot to have. And, you know, JMU, they've got youth there. They've got experience there. We'll see which way they, they want to go with it. But I mean, in the end, it's going to be the person, whoever, whoever starts, it's going to be their first start either ever in college football or, their first start in, you know, two years. So it's basically you're dealing with the same situation there of, you know, college football and stuff like that. So I'd expect whoever starts on Saturday will start the whole year, you know, or at least expected to start the whole year. I I don't think they're going to play the game, which, you know, I've heard some people think, you know, they're going to start one guy against Bucknell and then change it for for UVA. I think whoever starts against Bucknell is going to need that to get ready for, you know, a packed crowd in Charlottesville next weekend. And that's one thing that Coach Signetti brought that up multiple times at the Sunbelt Media Days. A month ago, he was talking about how it'd be nice to have some experience for weeks two through five, especially on the road, even add in week, or I guess two through four, week five, you come back home and get a really good South Alabama team, so you'd love to have that experience. Do you think that has, he hasn't brought it up since, but he did bring it up then, and obviously the one with experience is Jordan McLeod. But do you feel like that's as big of a thing now as they've gone through practices uh, that hasn't been brought up, but I, I just wonder if that might still be the thinking. 
Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, you can talk about his experience. Yes, he's he's played college football and he started at you know on the road at Oregon when he was at Arizona. So he's definitely been in the you know the environment. Um, but at the same time, he hasn't played a game in, in two years or so, so or a year or two. So you know, I think it was a big sticky point at media day, but we haven't heard it since. And, and Kurt Signetti is very very um, intentional in what he says when he talks to us in the media. Um, so that could have been a, hey, let's get somebody motivated and get ready to work. I'm watching you. I kind of, you know, he maybe it's something like that. But he hasn't mentioned it in a while. So I think you can kind of take that as a, it's not as big of a, a priority at this point. Um, just, just heading into the week. Maybe they want the experience now of, if, you know, whoever starts week one to, to keep it rolling in week two and mm-hmm. kind of get that game experience under the belt so they're not having their first start or, you know, first start in a while, you know, at UVA, which is going to be, a, you know, 35,000 people and in last. Well, and, and when that was brought up, everybody's just like, oh, Jordan McLeod, he's going to be the quarterback, there's no doubt. But but I think people forget, too, that Alonzo, I mean, Coach Signetti even said after spring ball that Alonzo Barnett probably had the leg up at that point in time. So he was kind of he kind of came in maybe as a front runner, in my opinion, just because of what he had done in the spring and, and knowing the offense a little bit. At that point, he knew it better than, than Jordan did because he had just come in. But um, it wouldn't shock me if Alonzo's the guy, and, and, and he's a guy that – they could roll with the entire year. There's going to be ups and downs probably with either quarterback or any whoever it is, and they're just going to have to kind of live with that this year. But it wouldn't shock me if Alonzo Barnett's the guy either. No, it would. I mean, he's a he's a proven winner in high school, and you know, I think he only won. He only lost one high school game at Grimsley High School when he transferred there, and you know, his junior and senior year. He's a guy that knows how to win. He just hasn't really played much at the college level. He played 11 snaps last year in relief of Todd Santeo at a couple times, but. Other than that, yeah, he's a fresh face. But, you know, whoever starts, they're going to have to deal with some growing pains, whether it's Alonzo Barnett, whether it's a guy like Jordan McLeod, you know, whoever it is, there's going to be growing pains in this offense. And you just have to kind of, you know, they just have to work through it and live with it and, you know, improve. And, and whoever it is, either one could develop into a multi-year starter. Both have eligibility left, obviously. You know, Barnett, you know, he's a registered freshman this year. And McLeod has a year that he can get next year if he applies for an injury waiver. So, there's some opportunity to, you know, take the starter this year, develop them a little bit during the year, let them have the growing pain. So when Jamie's eligible next year for, for everything, you have an experienced starter at the helm. We're talking to Noah. I just about called you Noah Friedel. I don't know why I just did that. We're talking, <laughs> <laughs> you don't play hoops. My three-pointer's my three not yeah. as good as his. <laughs> Noah Fleischman from the Daily News. No, I don't know. It might be. You never know. I heard you can hoop a little bit. We're talking about Flasher from the Daily News Record. He has a JMU football beat writer. Now we're not in basketball yet. It's not even. It's not even September, so we're not thinking basketball just yet. It'll be here before we know it. But you mentioned earlier, no major injuries. Boy, that's huge for them to get through camp and, and not not lose somebody early. Obviously, they're going to lose guys throughout the year. That's just that's just football. But um, they they seem to be really healthy right now as they go into their first game. Yeah, they do. I think you know that's. Testament to you know Derek Owens in the in yep. you know the post the uh, preseason camp they you know made some adjustments they had a lot of injuries you know soft tissue stuff a year ago they they adjusted some things and you know come out with you know a handful of guys dealing with some nagging things but they seem like they'll be ready to go this week and and back on the practice field but you know outside of that there's nobody that's going to miss significant time maybe someone misses this week if they have a nagging injury or whatever but you know you're not going to have a guy out for four weeks to start the year, which is a, it's a good sign, right, when you when you look at things like that. So, JMU and 
their ability to adapt at this level is really important. They've done a good job at that. You mentioned receiver too, and obviously that's we got to talk to Taji Hudson at the end of last week, and I think that's a pretty good sign that that he's made a lot of he's turned a lot of heads. And again, I go back a month ago to the Sunbelt Media Days. That was one name that Coach Signetti brought up, and he hadn't even seen him practice yet. Um, just because of what he'd heard from the strength staff and how he worked this summer. We got to talk to him this past week, and uh, what a great kid that has just put his head down, worked hard. And by us getting to talk to him, I can kind of assume he's going to be he's going to play a pretty big role in this offense, I, I, in, in my opinion. I think, I think it's pretty safe to say Reggie Brown, obviously, Phoenix Sproles, Taji Hudson, those are probably your top three receivers right now. Yeah, you know, I think so. I mean, we talked about Chris Ignati being intentional with what he says in the media. He's also intentional with who he lets talk Absolutely. to. Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, you're not going to talk to somebody that's not going to play. I'm going to just put it out there and say that. I mean, we're only going to get guys that are going to go out there and play. They're going to be maybe on the first or second on the two deep is what we normally get. Sometimes, you know, running back's a weird spot where they've got four guys that can all play. So we'll, we, we've talked to some of them that, you know, some will get more carries in other games than, than others. But, yeah, we're not going to talk to guys that are going to sit on the bench the whole year. And, and Taji Hudson's a guy who's really impressed the staff throughout camp. I mean, Kurt Smith called him the most ex- the most consistent wide receiver on this team during fall camp. And uh, that says a lot, especially, you know, with what he did. He, he had one reception in the college level, which came in their East Carolina's bowl game a year ago against Coastal Carolina. And, you know, he's a guy that's, you know, eager to get on the field. He wants to get on the field. And I think, you know, we're, we'll see him a lot on offense. He's also a great special teams guy. So, we could see him on special teams as well, but I think you know we'll see him a lot in this offense. No matter who the quarterback is, he'll make some plays. He's six three. I mean, he's a tall guy, and he can make make things happen. We've we've and even coaches talked about a couple of freshmen, Max Moss and Yamir Knight, and those are two guys that it seems like they may get some run. Do you feel like those guys will be in the mix at receiver a little bit? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they're both the talented, talented freshmen. I mean, Yamir Knight had over 1,500 total yards in his senior year of high school, 26 touchdowns. It's almost unheard of. I mean, he had rushing and, and receiving yards. He's, he's kind of a guy, you know, he was similar to Solomon Van Horst in a way of being able to line up in the backfield, line up at slot and, and do things like that. So I think we, we see a lot of him. And then Max Moss, you know, looks the part of a Division One wide receiver coming in as a freshman. And, and he's looked good in practice. So I think, you know, I wouldn't be shocked to see him. I mean, we're going to see a lot of people play on Saturday. I mean, Probably the whole two through three deep might get on the field against Bucknell. Um, but I think, you know, moving forward, we'll, we'll see those two a lot. Okay, we're talking with Noah Fleischman from the Daily News Record, talking some JMU football as they get set for Bucknell. It is game week for the Dukes as they get set for the uh, the Bison coming up on Saturday. On defense, I, I think a spot we don't talk about enough I, I don't is, is safety. And, and kind of add Rover into that, that's kind of a safety as well. But they've got a lot of interchangeable parts there that I think a, a lot of guys are going to play. And obviously at Rover, we know about Chris Chukwuneke, but Jarius Romanek now in his second season coming from Arkansas State. He led them in tackles a couple years ago. I think he's going to be more comfortable and be more involved. Uh, Francis Meehan at, at, at one of the safety spots. But then Jacob Thomas is a guy that played some last year. He was a, a, one of the best quarterbacks in the state a couple years ago. Great athlete. I think he's starting to come into his own. Chisarat, Q. Reed, they're very deep at safety with guys that can play different positions. I think that's that's a huge strength for this defense. Oh, it is, especially on the back end where it's so veteran and, you know, at corner, it's really young. And I think, you know, having the veteran presence to be able to, you know, always have a veteran guy on the field because, you know, sometimes you'll rotate in and you're, you're going to put a younger guy in. Like, you know, Jacob Thomas is a younger guy, but he's surrounded by, you know, a handful of seniors in that safety room between Rover and just regular safety. And so I think, you know, 
that, you know, having the veteran presence in the back end of this secondary will help a lot. And, you know, being able to rotate them in, whether it's Chief Surratt, Francis Meehan, whoever it is back there, can help assist those corners a little bit. And, you know, they're kind of the quarterback of the defense. You're always talking, you know, making sure the linebackers are right and, and, and making sure that the secondary is good, too. So it's a good process to have and a good problem to have if you're Chris Ignetti with you know, a lot of seniors in that spot. And you mentioned the young corners, but I, I, I really feel like they're so much deeper than they were a year ago at corner. Again, Chauncey. Logan came in early last year. He was injured a bunch early, but then came in and was a starter the rest of the way. You had had Jordan Swan, obviously, but not a lot. There weren't a lot of snaps for corners after that. There just wasn't a ton of depth. Uh, Brent Austin started to get some, and now he adds depth to that room. Justin Eaglin is a redshirt freshman who they're very high on. They've got guys beyond just the, those four with Devin Coles and Chauncey as your likely starters going into this season. But I just feel like that spot is so much deeper than it was a year ago. Yeah, it is, and that comes with, you know, a year in the program. Chauncey Logan is a true freshman that started almost every game a year ago. Brent Austin played, you know, five or six games. You know, he battled some injuries throughout throughout the year. Um, and he was a true freshman as well. So it's good to have that freshman get experience early on. And then Devin Coles, he battled to get on the field last year, made a big impact toward the end of the year. And he's, you know, primed to be a big-time player for them this year. We talked to him last week as well. So another thing, if you're talking to a guy a week before the season starts, good understanding of he's going to play a lot. And I think that, but you know, you look behind them. There's quality depth that you know might not ever be, you know, might not be listed on the depth chart week one or week two, you know. But you've got good guys that are power five transfers that are behind them that, that we could see play on special teams at least, and then try to push for some time at corner, especially if somebody you know picks up a, a ding here or there. You, sp- uh, we both spoke with Devin Coles then the last week, and and what'd you take away from him? He's just. I know he he talks and likes to to chat on on the field, and he's a competitor, man. He he gets after you. He's always going to fight to to fin- to fight to the finish. But he's a good kid, man. He he really is enjoying his time here. I think it it was a pretty big adjustment for him coming from Norfolk State, and we saw him make some plays at the end of last year. But I feel like he's in a really good spot where he's going to have a big year. Yeah, I think he is. He's really confident. I mean, we know that by him on the field. He likes to talk, you know, to the other team. We we've seen him in these little, you know, social media videos that JNU football puts together. They asked, you know, what animal would be the best animal to play? <laughs> His answer was a dog. And why? Because he's a dog. Yep. So, I mean, he's confident. It's just a good thing to have, especially in the corner, because, you know, you need to be confident that you're going to beat the guy in front of you. And he's not the tallest guy. He's like five nine, but he can play with anybody. And I think that's a good thing to have. And especially, you know, early in the schedules we talked about, you know, those, you know, weeks two through five are a gauntlet that they're going to play. JNU has good opportunity to, you know, come out of that ahead. And it's going to start on defense, and, and you know, especially corner. Because Jamie's got a good run defense. Corners are pretty good, but you know what? Teams are going to test them early in the year and see because, you know, running the ball is not really going to work against this defensive line. I've asked you this before. You mentioned defensive line, and I want to see if your opinion has changed as they've gone through camp. Now we get set for game number one. But what about depth defensively on the defensive line? Again, their top-line guys I think are as good as anybody that they're going to play this entire season. Obviously, Dion Mikhail Kamara, Jalen Green, Abby Nwaku Okonji, inside James Carpenter, Jamry Cromaw, Emmanuel Bush is coming over. I think Tyreek Tucker is going to get some time as a redshirt freshman. But do you feel like they that could be an issue at some point in time? Do you feel like there's enough enough depth at D tackle and D end? I feel like there's enough depth that if everybody stays healthy, they'll be okay, right? And be able to take guys in and out. But if you start to pick up a few injuries, it's going to be a little dicey. Um, if you know, if you pick up injuries at the defensive end, you can switch Chroma out to the defensive end and, and have him be on the field there, and you know, bring in a guy like Emmanuel Bush or you know Tyreek Tucker, who he looks really good, you know, this camp and. And he could come in as well and start there on the D line. So I think that if you stay healthy, they're fine. 
multiple injuries start to mount throughout the year, that's when it becomes, I think, a kind of a concern. But, you know, I think going into week one, I think they're they're pretty okay with what they've got there. Yeah, that that's the one. I think those two positions, D-tackle, D-end, if there are multiple injuries, then all of a sudden, mm, you could see that start to be an issue or could be a concern. I think most spots, I just I do feel like this team is deeper than it was a year ago, that if there are some injuries at certain spots, they're okay. Because as I talked with the corner and safety and, and other spots on offense, they've got depth. They've got more depth than they had a year ago. I, I, just, I feel that as I watch them. I feel like they've got more quality players at every position. But those two spots are the ones that, that kind of make, make me cringe a little bit if there are some injuries. Hopefully they stay healthy, knock on wood. But do you feel overall like there is more depth at each position that they could withstand some injuries and be okay? I think defensive end is kind of similar to what it was last year. You, you lose, you know, Isaac Uku, but you gain a guy like Amar Thomas, who, you know, looks the part as the end and, and could play this year there. I mean, D-tackle, I think, has got a lot more depth than it did a year ago. James Carpenter had to play a ton of snaps last season. Sean Johns came in and, you know, play a handful just to give him a second to catch his breath. But, you know, when you look at this D-line now, they bolster it. You've got, you know, John McCromwell probably going to start on the interior this year. Um, he can play all over that line, though. And then you've got, you know, as we said, Tyreek Tucker, Manuel Bush. So there's a solid four or five guys on the, on the inside that can play. And I think, you know, that that's really good. And it's good quality players there, but I think, you know, they probably have similar depth to what they had a year ago. There. Okay, we're talking with Noah Fleischer from the Daily News Record as we uh, get set for the season opener on Saturday at Bridge Four Stadium. So we're now just five days away. Hard to believe it is game week now. All right, well, we're, again, we've got our show at Bojangles coming back this week. We're going to be there live on, on Thursday. You're going to join me for that. So we'll get more into the game and talk more Bucknell then. But as of right now, what do you know about uh, about the Fighting Bison as they come in? They were only 3-8 a year ago. They return about everybody. That's one thing I've noticed. They've got like their entire team back on both sides of the football, but they weren't very good a year ago. So we'll see what happens this year. But what do you know right now about Bucknell? Yeah, you know, they've got a new offensive coordinator. They're going to want to play a little bit up-tempo offense, is what he said, you know, in camp. Um, we'll see how that works against an FBS team like JMU. Um, but, yeah, they, they weren't good a year ago, 3-8. and eight. They haven't really been a consistent winning team at the FCS level. And if you look at ESPN's SP Plus that came out today, you know, predicting the score based on ESPN's got a formula, whatever, and the win probability, JMU has a 99% win probability, and it predicted the score to be 43-2. to two. So that's where you put it. <laughs> there could be a safety, huh? Hmm. We saw a safety in week one a year ago. Jane, you did, we did. did pick up safety against the middle of Tennessee. Well, and we we saw, I guess they could run a, 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 a PAT back. We saw Marshall do that. We did. So there's multiple two-point plays that happen. So you never know. <laughs> but, yes, JMU's favored by a lot. It's an FCS opponent. So, you know, the Vegas sports books won't really have a, a line on it. But, you know, ESPN basically favors JMU by 41 and a half heading into the weekend. And uh, it seems pretty on par. You know, it'll be interesting after that what, what happens with, you know, UVA next week. But, uh, yeah, Bucknell, good good way to start the year if you're JMU. I, I wouldn't call it a scrimmage, but I wouldn't call it a, a that hard of a test. You want know, to see what you're made of and see what you got out there on the field. I was going to say, it's probably a good opener to have one like this. Uh, Middle Tennessee was good a year ago. You just didn't know. But but a, a team like this, probably, you're right, probably kind of a scrimmage. But I think with what they've got coming up in, in weeks two through five, I think this is probably the right opener for this season. It is. It's a good way to ease them in. You'd rather do this than, you know, play your first five weeks of just, you know, misery. And this is a way to, you know, get, build confidence for younger guys because, I'm saying, I think, you know, the whole, almost the entire roster will probably see the field at some point or another. Starters, my guess, play a half. They come out, 
you know, let the second string play for the, you know, third quarter. And then the, the, the third and fourth string will probably rotate in, in in the fourth or late in the fourth quarter. So I think we'll see a lot of this roster on the field and we'll see, you know, what they have outside of the starting guys that we've been talking about. We'll see if they can find someone that maybe will flash a little bit, you know, make their way into the rotation for this big stretch coming up where they're going to need depth and they're going to need quality play. And I think that this might be the first insight into that. We'll get more of a preview and get us a little score prediction from uh, Noah on Thursday when we're live at Bojangles. We'll talk much more about the game and much more about Bucknell at that point in time. And we'll have a depth chart. We can go over some more stuff coming up on Thursday as we'll be again live at Bojangles. What do you got coming up this week? I'm guessing you'll probably find out a lot more of what you're going to write about when Coach Signetti talks today during the the conference call, also when he speaks tomorrow to us with his weekly uh, conversations about the game. Um, what, What do you got going on this week? Yeah, you know, we'll find out a lot tomorrow and, and with, you know, press conference availability. But, you know, today I've got a story on Taji Hudson and why he's playing the way he's playing, playing for his, you know, family down in Cedartown, Georgia, a small town, and uh, talked to you. It was really good talking about that, and so I got that today. And a little bit from Kurt Signetti's, you know, Sunbelt Media Call, the opening Sunbelt Media Call. I'm sure you will play on the show as well. So yes, sir. it's going to be a busy week. We're back in game week, Dave, so I think it'll be a good time. It will be a good time. And you're kind of a soccer head, so how big was the win last night for the Dukes to defeat UCLA? The first time they played a Pac-12 program, they got them on their home field and got a one nothing victory last night. That was a big win for the Dukes. It was. You know, I made my way out there last night and uh, have kind of a feature type story tomorrow when their 2-0 starts. The first time they've been 2-0 and since 2013. So a big win for them over the what you can basically call the number 26 team in the country. The first team out of the, the poll that had the most votes. And, you know, UCLA dominated possession, but JMU had better quality chances and, you know, had a great header goal to put them up one nothing in the 73rd minute. And uh, after that, you know, they just held on for the win. Great defense. And a great play by Sebastian Conlon in goal. And they had some quality chances too, but, you know, stout, stout defense in this Jamie team against a really, really good UCLA team who would beat, you know, Virginia Tech 4-1 on Thursday. So good result for the Dukes uh, say, early in the year. I know we've talked a lot about the women, and they were, again, picked to, to win the league in the Sun Belt, Jamie men, in a very difficult league, obviously with, with Kentucky and South I mean, they've got a really difficult league in men's soccer. But I feel like this team has a chance, man. They've got a ton of kids back. They're off to a great start. They play good defense. They're getting some timely goals. But I feel like this team's got a pretty good chance this year. It does. I mean, talk about the Sun Belt. I, you know, you can call the ACC the best soccer league in the country. But second is between the Pac-12 and the Sun Belt. Yeah. And, you know, last night we saw a Pac-12 versus Sun Belt uh, game. And, and JMU was able to beat them. But, yeah, I mean, when you talk about having – Marshall and Kentucky, you know, two perennially top 10 teams in your league. They added UCF this year, who right. has a, a win over number nine Clemson already this year. It's a very quality league. Jamie's picked toward the bottom. It's the only sport that they really picked toward the bottom in these fall sport polls. But the reason is, is there's elite, elite teams in this league. And JMU, if they go 500, they have a chance, you know, in, in the postseason. We saw that a year ago. They finished right. 500 and made the Sunbelt Championship. So. Record doesn't mean everything in this in this league. You got to just got to get hot, you know, toward the end and play well. Yeah, just think about what they've been doing the last. I mean, the last few times they've played, we saw what they did at the end of last year in in the Sun Belt tournament when they they knocked off the fifth ranked team in the country in Marshall. They hammered Georgia State. They played with number two Kentucky and, and had a good game with them. Then they just knock off a UCLA team that's pretty good. So this team's playing really well right now, and they've got a, they have got good chemistry. A lot of returners back from a year ago with that experience, and again they'll be on the road coming up this week. But a big win over UCLA last night, one nothing. The women are off to a two one and one start. And 
And you got to tour the convo with us last week. Boy, that place is gorgeous, isn't it? It is. I've, I've never been in it before. I had neither. So people <laughs> out there saying, I can't compare it to what it looked like before they renovated, but it's amazing facility that GMU has. And haven't really been in that, you know, in any other college campus that I've been on before. So great facility for not only volleyball, but, you know, track and field. And, and you know, the other Olympic sports have locker rooms and offices there and, you know, training room and, you know, their own weight room and things like that. So it's a big investment that GMU put in, but, you know, they care about their Olympic sports too. It's not just about football and men's basketball here. It's all here. It's game week. It's hard to believe. Again, women's soccer's been going on for a couple weeks. Everything else got in the way last week except for football and cross country. But ready or not, here we go. Game week for the Dukes. They get set for Bucknell on Saturday. Noah, thank you so much, my friend. We will see you later this week, and we'll have you on again on Thursday. Yes, sir. Thank you.